Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Ashland University's Professional Learning Podcast. This is your host, Dr. David Silverberg. Scott Embacher is here with us today. He is the principal of St. Francis School, which is a K-8 Catholic school in Cleveland. And uh, welcome today, Scott. Thanks, Dr. Silverberg. Great to be here. Well, please tell us what some of the successes that you've seen out there so far. What are some of the challenges you're facing at your school and anything else you want to address? So one of the biggest successes that I've seen in our school, we are an inner city school. We serve a population that is 95% uh, poverty and our kids come from some tough places. So to be successful on any day, it really takes strong relationships. There's a whole saying that the kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So now we transition that to a distance learning environment. And you might say, oh boy, there goes the whole relationship-based learning that we depend on so much at St. Francis. I have been so impressed with the creative ways that our teachers have maintained relationship-based learning from a distance. I think if we get stuck into this distance learning idea of a student logging onto a computer, getting an assignment done, and, and that's it, I think that's cold. I don't think it works for K to eight. It definitely doesn't work in inner city K through eight. So one of our biggest successes so far, and I can get as specifics as you wish here, but our ability to maintain relationships during the building closure has been phenomenal. Can you tell us how some of the strategies you've been implementing to achieve that? Yeah, so school-wide, first of all, we got to get our teachers' faces out there connecting with our students. One thing we did is we've had Facebook Live sessions a few times a week. Uh, We had a teacher give a cooking lesson. Our counselor gave a yoga class. Uh, I gave a lesson in Amharic, which is a language of my two adopted children. We had our assistant principal gave an art lesson. Uh, The bishop from our school did a religion lesson. Uh, And then reading books, reading stories on Facebook Live has really been a way to create that school community on an online platform. Also, we are having, this is one of my favorite things, Dr. Silverberg, next week we're having a school dance, and it's going to be virtual. We have a DJ who's going to be pumping the music. All of our kids are going to be on Zoom having a great dance party. Again, creating that sense of community now in the online form. Zoom meetups, of course, I think we're all Zoomed out at this point, but having our teachers meet both one-on-one and as a class has been very effective to maintaining those relationships as well. On Friday, we're having, we're having our teachers are driving by our students' houses, beeping our horns. You know, I think that's been pretty common in schools. I think it's a little unique in the inner city, but we found a way to do it. We mapped out our route, and we're going to be visiting our kids on Friday. We've been mailing out prizes when our kids complete their work. You might say, well, are the kids... Dr. Silverberg, in the, in the city, you have all kinds of things going on. You have many of our parents are still essential workers. They're nurses. They're, they're working as grocery store clerks. That These are very common in the city is they're still essential workers. Number two, the coronavirus has especially impacted our African-American community. And we have single mamas a lot of time trying to do it on their own with two or three kids in the house. 
I don't know about you, but I'm having my own trouble at my own house in Solon, Ohio, upper middle class suburb, trying to get quality work out of my two children. I can only imagine being one of the mamas that are at our school trying to do it on their own. So how do you get work done? Well, we've been mailing out prizes. We've gone through more stamps and, and mail than we did for the first uh, three quarters for sure. And we're making sure that we reward our kids with digital shout outs. We have a, a platform, many of you know, Classroom Dojo, where we do videos, we give our kids shout outs when they get their work done. So our kids depend on those relationships, being acknowledged for doing those types of things when it's a little bit more of a challenge is definitely very important for our kids. You know, you seem kind of invigorated by this. Is that true? And, and if so, why? Tell us about that. I love a challenge. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. So I've been in my school now 15 years, 10 as a teacher. I've spent my whole career in urban education. I love the excitement that it brings. I love the idea of being that transformational institution, that transformational person right here in the city of Cleveland. And when you talk about transformational, it sounds like this is just one of those times. This is it. We're here. I mean, are we in the, in the first inning, in the fifth inning, in the ninth inning? Where are we, do you think, in this? Yeah, so we don't know, do we? We have all kinds of plans of if we, first of all, we had plans if we came back this year, if we come back in the fall, if this continues for a while. We're set up no matter what. We have to be innovative. We have to be creative. If it's in person, great. If it's from a distance, we're being extremely innovative in the ways we do it. We'll be ready. Yeah, and I know that some of your, part of your motto over there is believers, achievers, peacemakers. How well can you get to all those things in this? So it's definitely a challenge. However, dividing those up, I think is important. Believers is just the faith life of our students, of course. And we've been making sure that we have online prayer services. And so our kids have access to developing their, their faith life. Peacemakers is one that we use as a language of conflict mediation in our school. So when our kids are in school, there's a different set of rules than maybe when you're walking home after school. That one's probably been the toughest because our kids don't have as much practice with that skill when they're home with their siblings. Now, I have no idea what kind of sibling rivalry is happening, but as far as our interactions with one another, that one's been the toughest. Achievement's been the one that lights everybody up, of course. Um, said, so how can we make sure our kids are still achieving while from a distance? Yeah, and, and I've had the good fortune of visiting your, your school there, and I love what you have up with all those college banners, and I know you're big on hope. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you've been able to convey that hope message? Sure. One thing is you don't stop that talk of college and career readiness just because school's out. So that might be posting for us, posting different job opportunities that are out there when the kids are older, having some college admissions guys come on and post either on Zoom or on our classroom dojo site. So that conversation continues to happen. And to have that conversation with our parents of keep going. This is not a stopping point. School is not closed. School has simply transitioned and transformed to, to a different model here. So having those conversations with parents, and especially our 7th and 8th graders as I look towards high school, keeping that college and career readiness conversation going, I think is very important as well. Mm -hmm. And also, too, I know you've got some mission programs there related to Kenya and India. Have you been able to maintain that, those programs to tell us a little bit about that in this? Obviously, it's a quirky time, but you've been able to maintain the momentum. Sure. So we had, we were midway through our spring drive where we support, as you know, we support three orphans in Tanzania. We support their housing, their education, everything. 
And we had already raised $240 through two and a half weeks, and then we closed down. So we've had online uh, giving as well, and we've had students earn dollars to donate through their achievement of their iReady and uh, their Lexia lessons. So for every five iReady lessons, we can donate a dollar to those missions. Again, the goal in our community is to show that our students can make a difference. They are not the subject to charity, that they are uh, vehicles for making a difference in other people's lives. So luckily we've been able to keep that going from a distance without too much issue really. And as far as your own leadership, you know, your leadership of your staff there, you as a person, how are you growing through this? Having those intentional conversations has been key. I think when you're in the day-to-day grind, some of those conversations happen very granularly, just walking down the hallway, someone stopping in your office, and now having to be very intentional about the kinds of conversations we have about teaching and learning with teachers. So I think that's been very good for me to slow down face-to-face with that teacher and say, this is your 20 minutes, and we're going to discuss how we're being innovative, how we're being transformational with teaching and learning. That's been great. And just there's many principal groups. We used to have principal meetings once a month. Now we have principal meetings once a week. Sharing ideas from my colleagues has been awesome. I think the innovation doesn't just stop at St. Francis. It's across principals, across teachers doing a great job with this. So I've had to grow a lot. There's no doubt about it. Um, figuring out how to do all this from a distance. Phone's still ringing off the hook. Very- <laughs> well, and I've seen you in live action there, walking the halls, engaging with teachers. And I can see for, for somebody like you, this is learning a new skill set. And I know that there are administrators out there across the state that are learning some new skills across the board, whether it's the, the human skills, the kind of interactive relational skills, or the technological skills. How do you feel about being a resource for an administrator out there who'd like to reach out and get some of your thoughts about things that you've mentioned during this podcast or feedback? Yeah, that's absolutely fine. I think the best way is my email, which we can found on our website at www.stfrancisclevin.com. S at stfrancisclevin.org is my email. Uh, Dave, we can talk about some things I talked about and some of the other strategies we've had specifically towards the city. If you don't mind, actually, can I talk about a couple of those? Go for it. Thanks. So how do you keep track when phone numbers change, when students can be hard to be in contact with? This has been one of our challenges as well, of course. For example, getting... Chromebooks out was a huge undertaking the last couple of days going, going into this distance learning period. One thing that I love that we have, and this was definitely borrowed from a fellow principal, is the three-day rule. If we don't hear from one of our families for three days, that gets reported. Then I try to call them. If no one get a hold of them, we show up at their house. Yes, mask, gloves, social distancing, everything, but we can't just rely on pushing out an assignment and hoping it comes back. That's not our reality. Our reality is sometimes hold hands with our parents to help them navigate these waters. So our teachers are required to call at least once per week. Many do once per day. And then if we don't hear from three days, we are at that door saying, hey, what's going on? Let's make sure we get work going on. And do our parents credit? I got to say this. There's a whole idea out there that inner city parents don't care. They're not involved. I have found that to be far from the truth. We had 125 packets to give out among in two days after the extension of the three weeks. Of those 125, we had 123 people come and pick up those packets. 
And guess what we did with the other two? We knocked on doors, we delivered them, we delivered Chromebooks, we helped them get set up. We made sure that we didn't just allow for, oh, I just can't get online, or oh, I didn't get the materials. We can't leave, I hate to be cliche, we can't leave any kid behind. We can't just say, oh, they just don't have the right home environment. It's a job of our counselors, our intervention staff, to reach those harder reach students in whatever way possible. That's been, I talked about at the beginning, how proud I am that we're still doing relationship-based learning. I'm also very proud that we are not letting any kids slip through the cracks. I had counseling meetings all day today about certain students who uh, are struggling with their home life a little bit, and we're making plans to make sure we reach every kid. We also have a connection with Food Drive. We have, we're partnering up with the Suburban School. They're doing the food collection. We'll be delivering that next week and having families come by. There's, as you know, the whole saying, Maslow before Bloom. How are students supposed to learn higher level thinking skills if they don't have their basic needs? So we've had to put a lot of thought and make sure that we do the Maslow stuff, even though we're not seeing our students every single day. I feel like you got one other thing on your brain. <laughs> you know what? Uh, the mind's been racing. As a principal, you're, you're up all night trying to figure out how to do this well. We're trying to create our normal school traditions, keep them alive. We're doing our weekly staff meetings, our weekly special education meetings. We're doing birthday shout outs on Facebook still. We're doing blended learning. I don't know, you know, Dr. Silver, we're a blended learning school and our students rotate amongst their groups in school. Guess what? We're doing the same thing on Zoom. We're doing groups of ability level grouping and then mixed level grouping and rotating them amongst uh, each other and then having them do their independent workstations. Our teacher coaches are still staying in contact with the teachers and making sure they keep their coaching sessions alive. All the normal school traditions that we have, we've had to find creative and innovative ways to bring them into the distance learning environment. Awesome. Well, one of the things I've appreciated about your website is got, you've got some stories there of graduates who talk about the impact of your school on them. And I am sure that there are going to be kids years from now that write back about how, and they remembered how you showed up at their door and made a difference for them. So we really appreciate your time. And it sounds like you've got a tremendous staff there as well. And thanks for offering yourself through email for anybody that wants to follow up and get your further advice. Thank you, Dr. Silverberg. Appreciate the time. Take care. You too. This podcast is licensed under Creative Commons. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.